So, but I share all of this story to say like, those times is what defined me and it forced me to go out there and become great at something. And so I started to learn about finances, economics, and it goes all the way back to when I was in my economics class and understanding why are we in this trap of, of life? Because we don't learn about money. We don't learn about the basics of economics and credit is one of those barometers. And so started learning about credit. I would go to the library because Google wasn't around like that. Social media, <laughs> YouTube was still fairly new. So I remember going to the library. I remember going, reading books and listening to audio books on CD, Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People and uh, reading Robert Kiyosaki books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad a thousand times. And so as I started to learn these concepts, I started to adopt them. And the thing that I often tell people, Rochelle, that a concept is like a law, just like the law of gravity. Yeah. If you jump off of a 10-story building, you're going to probably die. Yeah. It's like the concept of money. If you don't obey these basic economic concepts and understanding credit being one of them, taxes being one of them, you will always be on this financial debt trap of ruin. And I started to learn that when you learn to master understanding, leveraging credit and taxes, you will never work a day in your life for money. Welcome to the Million Dollar Equation Podcast, a podcast about the easiest, fastest way to build a million dollar business based on the best-selling book, The Million Dollar Equation. If you love business, each episode reveals all of the core fundamental essentials for growth. Now, here's your host, Rochelle Shaw. Everybody, hey, it's your girl Rochelle Shaw again. Um, so I, I say this every time, so I just might as well say it again so that y'all can just say it with me, right? So um, these interviews are only my friends, only folks I know, only folks I know that are legit because uh, I'm tired of the charlatans that are out there, <laughs> only the people that know their stuff. Um, this dude over here, I met, gotta be. 11 years ago. He didn't have no hair on his face. Back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, he was a kid. Uh, came to one of my events. Um, didn't say a word. And, you know, I'm kind of like one of those that, okay, what'd you say? Did you like it? Did you? Yeah, it was all right. That's what he said. Uh, I was like, oh, he didn't really like me. Uh, but then, I watched him implement all of the things that I talked about. And I went, because oh, he's an implementer, right? So you know that's the other part of, of this process is folks that, that implement because ideas make you feel good, but implementation makes you money. He's made a ton. Uh, he went from not being able to come to the entire event because he was working a full-time job and only showing up for Saturday to now owning multi-million dollar company, multi-million dollar portfolio of properties. Uh, welcome everybody, Will Roundtree Jr. <laughs> Not the full government, huh? <laughs> but look, I didn't add the I, I said Will. 
no, King Will is what they call him. The, the pleasure is definitely all mine. Pleasure is all mine. Yes, yes, yes. So introduce yourself to them. Tell, tell them all the things that you do now. How, how far back do you want me to go? How, <laughs> Gosh, you know, you know, look, we got an hour. So do what right. you do. Yeah. So for those who don't know me, my name is Will Roundtree, uh, originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And just like everyone else, you know, I was told go to school, get good grades, get the good job, all that good stuff, you know. Uh, but, you know, one of the things I was noticing is that everybody who went upon that path didn't have the things that I wanted in life. And so growing up in Milwaukee, I grew up around the D-boys, the gangs, the pimps and all of that stuff. And I always admired their lifestyle, but I didn't admire what came along with the consequences or the consequences that came along with it took for them to get that lifestyle. So, uh, so you know, I, I tried to do everything my parents told me to do, go to school and all that stuff. So graduated high school in uh, 1997. I actually graduated in uh, Kosciuszko, Mississippi, a small town directly geographically in the center of the state of Mississippi. Uh, lived with my grandparents on 120 acres of farmland and there were three houses. So can you imagine going from Milwaukee city life to a uh, country town living on a farm with three houses? But during that transition, the one thing that I can say I developed was a work ethic that was out of this world. You know, I was 11, 12 years old, you know, uh, bailing hay. I was, you know, uh, uh, working in a garden. I'm on the roof hanging shingles, working with my grandfather. And so one thing I could say I learned within that, you know, period of time too, as I think back is that my, my grandfather was an entrepreneur, you know, and I didn't know that while I was growing up. My, my parents were entrepreneurs, you know, my mom's father was also an entrepreneur and I'll get to that in, in, a, in a minute. But so graduated high school, 1997, moved back to Milwaukee and, you know, attempted to go to college. And I found out that it really wasn't for me. And so I remember going to, uh, uh, a technical college going to study for computers because this one computers was supposed to be the new big wave and i remember being in my econ class and my economics teacher was talking about you know uh economics and then he got to a part where he started talking about bankruptcy and how you know uh he basically kind of started talking about his personal life and how he kind of gave up as i think back on the conversation and as I started to learn, economics is really the study of wealth. And I'm like, so none of this is going to teach me how to be wealthy. He said, no. So I dropped out of college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why am I taking this route? If they're saying this is supposed to be the, the, the dream life route that you're supposed to take to live the American dream. And so dropped out of college, started working for a company thought I actually was going to retire from that place. I'm 19 years old, making 50,000 a year. You couldn't tell me nothing, Rochelle. I mean, I was making more money than the, 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 the girl's parents I was dating at the time. And so it was like, I, I thought I was on the top of the world. And then eight years into working there, the company shuts down. So didn't know what I was going to do, but one of the best things happened in my life. I actually found out about entrepreneurship and it was through network marketing. And I often tell people that a lot of times people get stuck in their situations because they're so focused on the obstacle 
when a lot of times they don't know that obstacle sometimes is forcing you to go to that next level. But we're so trapped in a mindset of, oh, why me? And I have a lot of things that happen upon my life that probably prevented me from going down a path for financial ruin. And that's how I looked at it. That, com that company shut it down, stopped me from going down a path for financial ruin. Because when you get stuck in that, 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 that corporate trap, they pay you just enough for you don't quit. And you make just enough so you, you know, are always on the, 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 the hamster wheel of finances. And so got into entrepreneurship, got into network marketing, didn't make any money. But the one thing that I took away from network marketing was personal development. Personal development. That's what Ch everybody does, right? Change, changed my life. Changed my life. I mean, yep. I went from wearing Timberlands and oversized white t-shirts everywhere to actually... I, I learned how to buy my first suit. You know, I, I, I didn't even know how to put a dress, you know, slacks in the pants. Like I didn't know how to do any of that. Yeah. But personal development helped me change the way I think. And uh, one of the things that I've learned about thinking, people think changing the way you think is like about manifesting. And I often say manifesting is really wishing something happens because you still got to execute. Absolutely. And so it taught me how to think meaning like, Hey, having critical thinking skills, uh, telling myself I'm great, going out there, learning how to fail. Like that's the, that's the paradigm shift in thinking. It's not thinking, Hey, I want to be rich. I want to be rich. Like that stuff doesn't work. <laughs> and so yeah. it taught me how to work smarter. That's, that's where the paradigm shift came in. And, and so fast forward a little bit, uh, got it. So how I actually ended up in Las Vegas, Nevada. So moved to Las Vegas, 2005, but that happened because I was a part of that network marketing company. And so, uh, we were growing our organization at the time, my mentor, who was probably one of the most sought after, uh, individuals in network marketing, even just in that space, uh, asked me, he said, well, how do you feel about moving to Las Vegas? Cause I was like one of the top recruiters at the time. And so I'm single, no kids, no money. So I'm like, what do I have to lose? <laughs> so I literally had to borrow $500 from him cause I didn't make any money in the network marketing company. Uh, I had a garbage bag full of clothes, literally like a hefty bag. I remember putting the hefty bag up in the, uh, <laughs> in the carry-on of the airplane and everybody's looking at me and I'm like, okay, whatever. And, and I, I got a one-way ticket to Las Vegas and, and, you know, moved to Vegas, found out entrepreneurship is not as easy as, you know, I would have have wanted it to be. Right. You know, moved out here, found out, you know, uh, well, here, here's, here's what I've learned. It's times like that is where you really build character. Absolutely. And, you know, even though I went through a period of time where I was homeless and didn't know where my next meal was coming from, I can honestly say, Rochelle, that was probably one of the best times of my life yeah. because it taught me so much about myself. Yep. Like I never felt poor. I didn't right. feel broke because I knew it was temporary, yeah. like throughout that whole time. And, and I often tell people sometimes hitting rock bottom is the best thing that can happen to you because it forces you to say, okay, you're going to sink or swim, Will. Right. And I think, well, not I think, I know a lot of people never get out of their scenario because 
even though they go through obstacles, they don't hit bottom hard enough. Because if you can go sleep on somebody's couch, that's not rock bottom because you still have somebody taking care of you. If you, so there are things where people think it's rock bottom, it's not. And so got into, you know, so I'm going through that, but I remember something that really stuck out to me. Uh, I had a mentor that said, eventually credit will become the new dollar. So as you know, that, that term just stuck with me. I quickly found out while I'm in Vegas, why that was so important. This was in 2005. I couldn't get an apartment without having to put two to three times the deposit. Couldn't get a vehicle without a co-signer or a 29% interest. I couldn't get a, a credit card without, you know, uh, it being one of those cards where you get a $300 limit, but the fees come out. So by the time you get it, it's $75 on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, yeah. Got a couple of those. I think that I think that practice is illegal now, but I had about three or four. I think I owed every payday loan company in Las Vegas. My picture is probably still in their office. <laughs> All right. Hey, we uh, we lost you for a minute. So, so you stopped at the the wonderful 75. I can get one meal on this credit card because it has so many fees. OK, OK. <laughs> yeah, so I remember applying for credit cards. You get a three hundred dollar limit, and by the time you get it, after all the fees, they give you you only have seventy five dollars on there. So I mean, I, I I think I owed every payday loan store in Las Vegas, and my picture is probably still in there because once I learned how to fix my credit, I didn't have to pay them back. <laughs> so. But I share all of this story to say, like, those times is what defined me and it forced me to go out there and become great at something. And so I started to learn about finances, economics, and it goes all the way back to when I was in my economics class and understanding why are we in this trap of, of life? because we don't learn about money. We don't learn about the basics of economics and credit is one of those barometers. And so started learning about credit. I would go to the library because Google wasn't around like that. Social media, <laughs> YouTube was still fairly new. So I remember going to the library. I remember going, reading books and listening to audio books on CD, Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People. and. Uh, reading Robert Kiyosaki books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad a thousand times. And so as I started to learn these concepts, I started to adopt them. And the thing that I often tell people, Rochelle, that a concept is like a law, just like the law of gravity. Yeah. If you jump off of a 10 story building, you're going to probably die. Yeah. Just like the concept of money. If you don't obey these basic economic concepts and understanding credit being one of them, taxes being one of them, you will always be on this financial debt trap of ruin. And I started to learn that when you learn to master understanding, leveraging credit and taxes, you will never work a day in your life for money. And so started practicing these concepts, was able to buy my first home, never thought I would be a homeowner, bought my house in 2012, was able to buy a newer vehicle and I didn't have to put money down on a car. That blew my mind. Yeah. I always assumed that you had to put money down on a car. But the thing is, is that it took me two years to fix my credit. Yeah. 
I actually still have all my old credit letters. I have my old credit reports when I had a 400 credit score. And so I found the, 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 the secret to, at least for me, to getting to that next level was really understanding how wealthy people leverage other people's money. And so that's really how I got to where I'm at today by learning those concepts. I love it. Well, well, thank you so much for listening to my passion project and the million dollar equation podcast what you're hearing if you like it i love it (laughs) so click the subscribe button to get each week your new favorite episode you know a couple things that you said that was just phenomenal one was see what the obstacle means you know um you're right a lot of people all of a sudden see the obstacle and then they focus on the obstacle, right? They focus on, I am whatever it is that they that they want to do. You know, I used to tell people all the time, well, come on, man, I was young, I was a woman, I was, you know, a black woman. <laughs> um, all of it, what are you talking about? So if, it, if, if it's about, I never looked at that obstacle. You know, second thing, hitting rock bottom forces you to make decisions. So many people are afraid to make a decision, right? That they just allow things to happen. And so instead of, you know, well, geez, you know, I got a, uh, I got a court date on Thursday. Okay. Well, so you going, no, I'm gonna just see what happens after. Well, what do you mean you're going to see what happens? <laughs> like it's 10 times worse when you see what happens after, right? Um, right. it's like facing those obstacles and, 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 most of the time, my father gave me the, the best piece of advice, you know, uh, and he said, almost all problems can be solved by a 10 minute conversation for $200. Mm. And so $200, of course, now is relative, <laughs> right? But he was like, you know, oftentimes it's just a 10 minute conversation so that everybody can be really clear on what's going on. Uh, Hold on one second. My... <laughs> so he's like, you know, oftentimes it's it's you can pay to get out of this situation, whatever it is, right? So even, um, <laughs> I never forget going in the bank with him and he would never get in the line. And I'm like, like and, and my dad maybe had like $89 in the bank account, right? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you don't get in the line? He's like, no. Um, Consumers get in the line. I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna sit down and they're gonna come and help me. Even it's just a deposit, but they're gonna help me. So he would sit down and he had his, his all his billfold. I'm like, what in the world? And so the lesson it taught me was that if you don't walk in knowing what's supposed to happen and act as if you know, they will make you just fall in line with everybody else. Yeah, really. You know, and just because he sat down, they treated, they called him Mr. Shaw. They were like, well, Mr. Shaw, what can we do for you today? And he's like, oh, you know what? I thought I, you know, I just really just need to make a deposit, but I'm so used to coming over here. And they were like, no problem. And he was gorgeous. So that helped. Right. (laughs) And he was just charismatic. So they just took care of him. 
you sure you don't need a loan today? Any type of credit card? What do you need? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right time. And he would let them sell him different things. But all of it, really, we just went in the bank so that he could make the deposit. But he just liked building those relationships, right? Absolutely. That 10 minutes or that $200 should just kind of fix it. Um, the uh, <laughs> kind of changing your mindset, you know, uh, losing it all is not fun. <laughs> and I used to be afraid to walk into the bank because I knew I was overdrawn. And for some reason, I thought that they were gonna, even though my father had taught me, look, just go in and sit down. Uh, I thought that an alarm was gonna go off and they were gonna go, <laughs> you know, Michelle's here. Yeah, she's overdrawn $386. <laughs> Like I was, I was truly afraid. And so until one day I was working on my mindset, right? Working on my I am's, working on my affirmations and, you know, money flows to me. And I looked and I said, wait a minute, you know, this bank should be thanking me for walking in because mm -hmm. the only way that they make money is when I overdraw my account. So they should be ringing alarms and saying, our best customers here, this much you bounced 10 checks, thank you. But once I did that, I was able to just laugh right. and go in, make the deposit, get it on the positive side and move on. Because one thing about this entrepreneur life is that it's definitely a roller coaster. It is. You know, the highs are really, really high and amazing, but then lows, <laughs> are really, really low Definitely. and not so amazing. Um, so when you started with just maximizing this credit thing, you know, you happen to be the leading authority online in anything about credit. Um, so much so that folks took your paid programs and are giving it away for free. And now they're like, this guy doesn't know anything. He's just telling me stuff I can get off of YouTube. And it's like, well, they actually stole my program <laughs> and I'm putting it out there, but, but, um, what, you know, once you figured out that credit was King, which is the name of your book, right? Credit is King. Right. Um, when did you say, okay, let me kind of educate others. So <clears throat> it actually started because. I tried to start another business first. I actually bought into a franchise. And within that business, the only reason I started it was because I thought I was gonna make a lot of money. Right. And I didn't. I actually <laughs> bought the franchise, found out the franchise owner was uh, committing fraud. Then he sued me. Like I lo actually lost everything because I had pulled all my money out, my 401k, I quit my job where I was making, you know, uh, about $103,000 a year. You know, I had a family, wife, kids, like I had all of the things that I thought was, I was on the path of success for uh, to start this business. Now, even though I had attempted several credit companies prior to, but when I lost everything, it actually taught me something, Rochelle. And it went back to why personal development is so important. I remember it said, if you bless enough people, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll be blessed beyond measures. There you go. Dig and Ziggler. I said, you know what? 
let me go back to what I know. And it was credit. And my focus is going to be helping other people and really just sharing my story of what of how it helped me. So I really made that my mission. So I would do free workshops around the city. I would go to different realtors and try to do uh, home buying programs to educate people on credit. Uh, because first of all, there was nobody that was black or a male anywhere really as a public figure talking about credit. And the individuals who were out there, I couldn't relate to them. I knew people from my community couldn't. Uh, they talked a different uh, vernacular that most people probably couldn't understand. And so I said, you know what? I really want to educate people that come from communities like mine because that's the one thing no, we don't ever get a chance to learn. Right. We don't learn about finances. We don't learn about, we don't even learn how to balance a checkbook. Nope. And that was a real problem for me. And so, because I always knew that that was a handicap of mine, but I'm glad I went through all of those different handicaps because, or else I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Yeah. So I really just took it upon myself to just teach, uh, well, not even necessarily teach, but educate people the basis of credit. Okay, what makes up a credit score? What is credit? Why is credit important? Because we have, especially in a black community, we have this negative stigma with credit right. because they think debt. of it as yeah. debt. But yeah. these are the same people who will spend 300,000 for college. These yeah. are the same people who will buy a vehicle they can't afford. These are the same individuals who will buy the big house to impress people who don't like them anyway and probably will never come over after right. the housewarming. And so, I had to start really helping people understand what credit is, the power of leveraging it, and, and how it actually affects our everyday life. Outside of buying a house and a car, it can affect your uh, your uh, insurance rates. Yep. It can affect your employment opportunities. Yep. I remember I had a, a, a client who couldn't even rent an instrument for her daughter for band because her credit was bad, you know? credit can affect the school zone your kids go to school in yep. because you have to live in less than desirable neighborhoods when you can't qualify to live in neighborhoods with a better school system no matter how much you make on your job your credit still dictates a portion of your life and when you have bad credit life is more expensive so all of these things uh, uh, uh motivated me to want in wanting to educate people on credit and I didn't get into it as a business per se. I really did it just no different than how you would recommend a good movie. Hey, here's why you need to learn about credit. I'm doing a free workshop and then it really just kind of morphed into what I'm doing. And I often say when you find something you're passionate about, an opportunity will always create itself. And I never did it for the money because no. I, I mean, I didn't make any money for six years. I was just out you know, doing it for free. I, I was doing house calls, going into people houses, showing them how to look at their credit. So like, this really was a mission for me. Hey you, we are so grateful that you are part of MDE Nation. Are you enjoying this episode? Let me know what you think, especially if you have a question. I would love to answer it personally. You can go to RochelleShaw.com 
forward slash podcast to get more information about each episode or to be reminded of the MDE weekly assignment and so much more. Go to rochelleshaw.com forward slash podcast. Changes everything. And it truly helps you create your own opportunity. Definitely. Right. Um, but what, what I, one of the things that you said about, you know, opportunity creating itself, yes, it does. But the, but the personal development is what really helps you see the opportunity, right? Like I, I tell people all the time, like opportunities expire, you know, and at any time you've got three or four of them around you. But sometimes, you know, oh, you don't like doing that. You don't like going over there. You don't like working for free. Do you know how many times I, I talk to people now who say, you know, oh, Rochelle, I want to be a public speaker, right? And can you help me with my speaking business? Well, yes, right? And um, so speak for free. Oh, no, I would never speak for free. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? You never speak for free. Like the, my first <laughs> event, I spoke at, it was a brand new chamber in Vegas. Um, the gal had her husband, her daughter, and one person showed up. She told me there should be 40 to 50. It was her husband, her daughter, and one person showed up. So me and then four. And I rocked the house like I did when I had 2,500 people watching, Absolutely. right? And that same person, when she she ended up having a huge conference in Vegas, gosh, probably six years later from that, brought me back. And I spoke and I made, it was a lot of money. <laughs> I had that one, right? And it's like, that's how you get those opportunities. Absolutely. It's, they don't know that you can speak. They don't know that you can prove yourself. And it's almost like practice, right? So I liken it to, if you're an athlete, you know, Steph Curry loves practice. He loves shooting from the free throw line when nobody's watching. Absolutely. You know, LeBron loves working out, right? Kobe loves doing that because it is not the game. It is the practice. Practice. It's the practice. And so you have to fall in love with that. You know, um, at any point in time, I can go on stage and do four hours. Not sit back and go, ooh, let me check my notes. None of that. <laughs> yeah, just right off the... Off, just off the top. You know, yeah. I can do live Q&A with 2,000 people. Yeah. And it's rock the house. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah, because I went to speak where I could hear the, <laughs> the dishes clanging in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? People were getting up, getting extra food. I had those. Um, one of them, the girl told me, you have pizza? I didn't pay $30 to have pizza. I said, no, you're right. You paid $30 to come hear me speak. That's what I'm talking about. That's what about. you paid $30 for. <laughs> now, did you not want to hear me speak? Or you want to go on and get you a slice so that yeah. we can get started, right? <laughs> I ain't just, just disrespectful people because they don't know. Right. They don't know my story. They don't know my thing. So then after I finish, so... Uh, great story. Uh, Shelby used to always rock with me and go to different events, right? And so 
we went to London and we get to London. I'm speaking at an event. Nobody really knows me because I'm in freaking London, right? And so she leans over and she's like, ugh, tomorrow's gonna be crazy. And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, nobody knows us today. So we should probably try to just do what we can do. She's like, cause after you speak tomorrow, it, it, it's a wrap. And I'm like, oh, Shelby, you know, we're in London. You know, there'll probably be a couple of people, but no. So I'm on stage. There's 700 women in the room. Uh, I kill, like I do this joke about um, how good uh, fish and chips is and like who thought to fry it and who's the one who put the vinegar on, right? And I'm talking about business and literally to this day, I still have people that are on my social media going, you know, I know that was 11 years ago, but Shelby and I like literally had to have the Bobbies get us out of the event center to get us back on the plane to fly back home. Wow. Right. Wow. And she's like, this is ridiculous, but it's, it's, <laughs> it all came from me speaking to my mama and her four friends. Right. Me going, driving, you know, four hours to get there for 30 minutes and driving four hours back because I didn't have any money to stay in the hotel. Right. Had to do those things to get to this part. So, um, but that's that work ethic that you talked about on the farm. Right. That's that stuff that I think nobody talks about, which, gosh, that leads us to your other book, Full Time CEO. Uh, the shit people don't tell you about. So, <laughs> so, uh, so tell us about that book. 